Hello and welcome. This is Artist Unknown, a series of talks exploring objects and works of art from across the University of Cambridge collections, where the maker, as sometimes read on a label, is Artist Unknown. Why are they unknown? Is it important that we know? And how much can an object tell us about the person who made it? In today's episode, Nick Thomas from the Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology tells us about an early 20th century painted bark cloth from Fiji and how the creator of an extraordinary work has come to be unknown. I'm Nicholas Thomas. I'm the director of the Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology and I also have very long-standing interests in the arts of Oceania, an extraordinary region with very, very diverse art traditions, famous sculptural forms, but also truly extraordinary textiles made across the region by women. And what I'm talking about today is a great painted bark cloth from the end of the 19th century, maybe the early 20th century, in the collections of the Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology that is in this remarkable question-raising exhibition, Artist Unknown. This work reminds us that what we call art, what we call world art particularly, comes from many different contexts and entered museums, we'd have to say, on very different terms. We take it for granted, in a sense, in the art world, in the contemporary art world, that works are valued because of their identifications with renowned creative individuals, individual artists, very often celebrity figures in one sense or another. And this work is at the opposite end of this particular spectrum. The man who collected it, um, whose identity is uncertain, um, most probably the founding curator of the Museum of Archaeology, Anatole von Hugel, may or may not have known the name of the maker, the woman who made it. But in any case, that information was never recorded. The information is not known to the museum, to MAA, as an institution. It is, unfortunately, an absolutely anonymous work um, so far as its presence in MAA collections is concerned. And in many ways, that's not surprising. Ethnographic artefacts have long been considered a form of um, craft, in a sense a form of um, tradition, a set of genres that had uh, social and collective significance that were valued because they were representative of cultural traditions, of groups, of assemblages of material culture, if you like, not because they were individual creations. When the museum was established, it was said that the job of the curator, the job of the director, my job was to arrange the specimens. And so the collections were seen as being made up in that sense of specimens. The thing that is really, really striking about this incredible painted bark cloth, just under a metre wide, 
just over three meters in length, is that it is absolutely an individual, highly dynamic painting. It's a combination of geometric forms, um, basically diagonal stripes, grids alternating in black and white, linear areas with uh, brown and black strips. It's essentially geometric, um, but it's nothing like a sample of pattern. It is an incredibly dynamic clustering of fields that are as optically unsettling as any op art painting of the 50s, 60s or 70s. It is a remarkable expression of the visual intelligence of a particular painter. So it really doesn't fit this model of an example of a customary genre that people in a certain community made for some customary purpose. Now, I guess I should say that the textile certainly was made for, for a customary purpose. It, it was part of the life of a community in um, eastern Fiji, but it nevertheless is a very distinctive um, creation. In the museum, we have over uh, 700 examples of painted bark cloth, uh, works known as, uh, often known as tarpa, um, term employed, employed for bark cloth from across the Pacific. So we have over 700 examples um, from various parts of the Pacific. Uh, works from Fiji are distinctive for this incredible optical dynamism, and we have a, a number that are a similar size um, to this piece and that are also marked by this optical dynamism, and they are all completely different from each other. We don't know what textiles of this kind were actually used for. Cloth, uh, painted cloth, was used to wrap the bodies of deceased people, wrap the bodies of people of high status, particularly if they were part participating in a ceremony of some kind. It was also very often used as a gift. And I think it is very likely that this work and others like it were gifts that were made in ceremonial contexts. Those might particularly have involved encounters between groups, groups related by marriage and otherwise who would periodically come together to exchange gifts, gifts that acknowledged those groups' debts to each other. If groups were intermarried, one group had a debt to the other in the sense that the other group had given sisters who became wives and the mothers of the children that constituted that social group. So those debts were vital, substantial. They were to do with the life of the community. And it was important in those sort of ceremonial settings that gifts were not just valuable things. They also 
needed to be dazzling and brilliant things that expressed the vitality and power of those groups and communities. And I think that that need for things to be dazzling and powerful and brilliant underlies the art style in this case. It underlies this extraordinary animation, this visual dynamism. But it is intriguing in a way that while there's a sort of social and anthropological contextualization for this very vibrant and distinctive painting, it is very much the expression of an individual maker's visual intelligence so that there is very much an individual artist here whose name we don't know. If hypothetically we were able to do a great deal more research and find more bark cloth from this community, from this period, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we could put together other pieces that bore in some sense um, the visual signature of this artist. Um, but I think we'd be very fortunate to ever find any documentary information which would give the artist a name. There's a positive strand to this story, which is bark cloth is still being made in the Pacific um, by a variety of communities across a whole range of countries from Papua New Guinea in the southwest to the Marquesas Islands in the central Pacific. And where bark cloth is being made today, artists' names are being recorded and we now have a stronger sense and a way of documenting the interests and styles of individuals who are increasingly recognised as, as artists with their own um, signatures, their own styles, their own approaches. So those artists, very importantly, are now known. This series of talks is born from a Kettles Yard exhibition in collaboration with the University of Cambridge Museums, titled Artist Unknown. It brings together works of art from across the university's collections from July to September 2019. If you're listening during that time period and a trip is possible, make sure to visit. Thanks for listening.